Hello and welcome back to the Overthinkers podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me for this particular episode. Um, so to kick this off, I'm going to share like random things about me that nobody knows, or maybe I, I'm the one that believes that nobody knows them. I really like making lists, so um, I feel like I want to start this episode by sharing some of my random lists on like specific things, like. Maybe the best books I've read this year, or like the books I've read this year that I really enjoyed. So I'm going to share three from that list. Then I'm going to share three things that I really enjoy doing. And I will not, reading is not going to be on the list because I think we've already established that I really like reading. Top three books that I've read this year. I think that's going to be easy. Um, Open Water. That's the very first book I read this year. And when I finished reading an open open is it it's not an open water, it is open water rollover. Don't murder the name of the book. When I finished reading Open Water, I really I literally couldn't read any other thing after because everything I started in comparison to how that book is written just felt very like uninteresting and the writing wasn't really catchy. In open water, the writing is almost like poetry, but it's not it's prose at the same time. There's something very melodious about how the book progresses. And the, and the context of the book there's so much about um there's so much in it that talks about the expression of love in the manner in which that i can relate with and the manner in which that i like i really love that book i've kind of marked like almost every page of that book and i revisit it from from time to time i just pick it up i picked it up at least once or twice this year to so just kind of read certain passages over and over again because i really really did enjoy reading that particular book so the next two books I'm going to talk about are um, Before the Coffee Gets Cold, then Before the Coffee Gets Cold, Tales from the Cafe, because they're basically by the same author, and it's written about this um, really interesting cafe that is located in Japan, whereby you can go into the cafe and travel back either to the past or to the future. What I find very interesting about it is that there are rules to this time travel. A nothing changes you can't alter the past or the present by going back either to the past or to the future your reality stays the same and regardless of the fact that your reality stays the same when the different characters in this novel travel back either forward or backwards their presence is altered dramatically not like it's like they have this like awakening because um the book made me think deeply about how the reason why time travel is something that we talk about a lot is maybe you're curious about what happened in a particular time period but much more than that it is this curiosity to kind of um, alter your regrets and change things that you have done in a particular way and do them differently but this provides an outlet to kind of relieve those regrets and then find a release to keep living one of the like i won't give away too much about the book because i feel like it's a book everybody should read at some point um two books rather two books that everybody should read at some point but um you literally have to down your coffee before it gets cold because once it gets cold then a bunch of other different things can happen i won't give away too much but those are the three top books that i've read so far this year and i feel like i'm reading so much more this year than i've done in like the past like two or three years um and i'm really enjoying it like i'm reading a wide range of different books and i said again that i was not going to talk about reading and books so much in this particular episode but it's me i you signed up for this if you are listening to this particular podcast yeah so list those are the three top books that i read this year three things that i really enjoy doing um one um as photography i don't know i wasn't i 
I became interested in photography when I met three people and I met all of, all three people in like the space of six months. Um, I met one while I was volunteering. I met actually met all three of them while I was volunteering for Hope. Hope is um, an, an NGO, it's an acronym that spells out to helping other people excel and i basically volunteered with the ngo and i met these three different people at three different events that the organization organized and they were all shooting they were all photographers right now what's even more interesting is that in a way they've kind of all deviated they are all still creatives but they've kind of deviated away from the core art form of photography which was what i met each and every one of them doing at the time i met them but i just found it very interesting as they set up their camera did all the light material everything that needed to be done and i was hooked and at this point i feel like i'm looking going to become a camera collector because i currently have like three cameras and i have like two on my wish list that i'm hoping to purchase before the end of this year i really just enjoy putting like create creating an image and putting a story behind the image because i feel like photography in its own self is a way of telling stories that i feel like it's left to the translation of each and every person that views the picture and i just like the art form and the medium very much um second thing that i really like doing and that is very weird which i really should stop a little bit because i'm not i'm not in the i'm not physically like i've not trained myself physically to be able to do it is i like going on really long walks and hikes and um i recently went on this six hour hike that took me like two weeks to recover from because i do not have proper hiking shoes and i had not built like i've not built the stamina to go hiking in as much as i've not built the stamina to go hiking it's something that i really love like the views are to die for and it's just the experience of challenging yourself to walk this long and to do these things and while you're hiking you're just alone with your thoughts you have so much time to think and just taking the beauty of nature third thing that i really like which which it should be like love is um, my family and that brings me to what this particular episode is about in this my reflection series i want to reflect on my relationship with my family there's this quote that i really like it's by leo Tostro. i hope i've not mothered his name i mother names like is a thing um it basically says that all happy families are alike all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way and when i say it i feel like people shy away from talking about negative words like unhappy or i'm sad or i was abused or all of those kind of things but i feel like unhappiness um is unhappiness is just what it is no family and no person is happy and excited about life at every point in time and everybody has some form of happiness on unhappiness rather that they deal with which is no different in my family that's in another person's family and when i started to conceptualize and look at family and interrelationships in that manner i was able to appreciate my family so much more so i'll kind of talk a little bit about my relationships with four people that make up my family so it's just my dad my mom my two younger siblings my brother and my sister should i start in order of like father mother brother and sister i think i'll start backwards and inter- i'll talk about my sister first my sister and i talk everything about her work about whatever fights she may be having with my mom or arguments she may be having with my dad or anything really that is going on with her and um i like to think that my sister and i used to be 
older sister and younger sister but now i think we are friends and i feel like as you grow older that those kind of transitions sort of happened whereby you yes she may start out as like older kind of like directing and giving them pathways but as you get older almost all of those roles start to start to um, merge into one thing and for us it has merged into like this form of beautiful friendship my sister is my friend we play like word games <laughs> we play like i um i message word games she usually wins because i'm not a really great speller and she's better than me at it so when she's bored she sends me word games and sometimes i send back to her so we go back and forth on that at least every other day and um yeah but i think about this pivotal moment where a relationship where i can pinpoint and say that our relationship went from older sister to younger sister and we kind of moved into this place where we are friends as um when our uncle died we i kind of leaned on her a lot and she leaned on me and it was the first time that i saw her in her own right as a full-fledged human being and she wasn't my younger sister if that makes any sense it's almost like i respected her as a person as an equal and as a peer and it wasn't like it was this person that i always needed to provide guidance to and always needed to take care of not that i don't do those things for her at this moment but it was almost like because she in her own right can provide that service back to me it's almost like we are equals now and we are friends we we've been able to build this friendship around all of that so when he died we leaned on each other a lot um we cried together a lot and she had some very interesting questions and she was able to help me deal with my grief and i was able to help her deal with her grief when i needed to do that and i'm always happy that like we're friends how we talk about all the random shit that we do pray together have bible study together laugh at random things about the random things that blow up on twitter and stuff like that so that's basically my relationship my sister no drama there there's never been any form of drama share clothes she wears all my clothes um i can't wear most of her clothes because she's way taller than me but i still have blouses every now and again yeah it's beautiful i think i'll talk about my brother next i so i think my brother and i were, were inseparable because we're just about i think 16 months apart we're born 16 months apart and i still wonder why my mom did that i wonder why you have a baby that is not one i are pregnant with another person because now that my friends are having babies and i'm vicariously experiencing motherhood through them i'm realizing it's not a walk in the park and kudos to her for doing it but i'm like he ain't gonna maybe uh, anyway but never say never who knows but um so we are basically 16 months apart so when we we're much younger my mom used to dress up dress us up in matching dresses and i was tired i remember that was kind of because my mom could be butter to buy extra clothes <laughs> and <laughs> it was always funny but my brother and i are very different um whereas i'm more reserved and quiet he's more open and he's friendly and he'll laugh with people and things like that and we're inseparable so almost all our pictures when we're like five six seven eight and all of that we are all, all always holding hands or very close together plotting something and stuff like that and in secondary school I used to defend my honor a lot but my brother left home when he was 16 so right out of secondary school he went away to do his a levels and this was in the time whereby whatsapp wasn't a thing on where instant messaging itself really happened only on facebook and i was away at university that had really poor internet service so it was really difficult keeping up with him and speaking with him but i remember that one thing that i tried to do was leave him a voice message at least once a week and just um kind of check up on him so we have this period whereby 
we kind of drifted apart. I think that's the word. We're not act- actively present in each other's lives. Um, and there are times where I go months and not hear from him. But I'll still drop him a text message here and there where my network is good and stuff like that. But when he finished his university, because he went away again for university. When he finished his university um, education, he came home and he was at home for like six months. And I wasn't working then. I was trying to be a writer <laughs> that's it that can be a whole podcast episode on its own when i spent one year trying to be a writer so when he came home for that six month period i was already driving and so we had to relearn each other it was such a beautiful experience and anytime i read back on so much of my journal entries in that period it was me basically relearning who my brother is relearning him as an adult and relearning what the dynamic of our relationship is going to be like and since then it has just been good we talk i talk to him like i call him and many times i'll not call him back and then he'll text me and tell me to text and i hit texting but we talk a lot but during the pandemic my brother started saying i love you at the end of every conversation which is weird for us as a family because we're not very when a very emotionally expressive family, my mom and my sister, they like hugging, but my dad, not so much. And we are not, I'm not emotionally expressive as it should be. Like I, the only emotion I think I should regularly is I cry at everything. When I'm happy, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. But no hugs and all of those things. So when he started saying, I love you, first time I'm like, guy, are you fine? Should I be worried? Is there something that is going on that you want to discuss or you want to talk to me about? And he basically was just saying that he felt and he believed that it was important that I knew that he cared about me well while I was alive and I was able to hear it. That he knows that I know that he cares about me, but it would be nice for me it would be good for him to say it. So sometimes I say it back to him. He never ends a phone call now without telling me that. And I really like it. to do even though I'm learning to say it back. Yeah, that is not chill of my brother's relationship. I feel like because of how much all of us live away from our houses in adulthood, we are almost having to relearn our siblings. And because of all the distance that we have between ourselves, we are on this continuous journey of who is my sibling? How do I exist within the confines of the relationship with my sibling at this particular stage? Because when you're in the same environment and you're seeing each other every day, I feel like relationships and building it is so much easier. And when your sibling is away, it then takes a lot of hard work to kind of rebuild it. So I'm always grateful for those six months when he came home because I feel like um, we might never have made it to friends again if he wasn't at home for that stretch of period of us having to relearn and know what the dynamic of our relationship is going to be going forward. I shout out to him for always trying to defend my honor. <laughs> That's a whole other story, but he's always trying to defend my honor. And I know that <laughs> it's going to be anybody, even though he cannot fight, that comes near me. Yeah, so now on to my parents. First and foremost, my parents are like my biggest cheerleaders. They show up to every freaking thing. Like my university graduation, my dad insisted that everybody was matching blue, sky blue lace with red first caps. And my mom and sister didn't tie gilly, but him and my brother had on like red first caps. Is it face caps? No, Fila, Yoruba man cap. Anyways, um, my parents show up for everything. Either my, my mom shows up showed up for more things like when i was much younger but by the time i got to like halfway through secondary school but my parents started showing up to like everything they show up to every graduation they show up to every like milestone event i can count on them that they will always be like present and be like and be there 
and um now that i'm older i'm able to look back on whatever issues that we had when i was in my late teens to early 20s and understand better what the context of what it was that was going through what it was they were going through and how it was being projected on me and how to kind of navigate it the thing that i think has helped me the most in my relationship with my parents is thinking about the fact that everything they are doing and saying to me is from a place of good intentions and if i think that way and think about the fact that it is from a place of good intentions then I when I approach it I'm not approaching it um def- that I want to defend myself I'm approaching it in a manner that okay I get your intentions but these are my plans and this is how we can marry your intentions with my plans to arrive at a place whereby both of us are okay arrive at the middle ground to say that my dad and I spent I think I spent um the bulk of my listings from like 17 to like 22 constantly fighting with my father it wasn't like it was like actually real like arguments and stuff like that because a um we just we just didn't have the capacity to listen to each other and it was really bad and um i just woke up one day i didn't want shouting to be part of Ores identity if that makes any sense i didn't want to be the person that shouts the person that can't have a calm conversation so when i was about 20 i just made up my mind i wasn't going to communicate with him anymore it wasn't like um i wasn't greeting him i wasn't saying hello or hi it was just simple things if i hear a skit tone like my mom and sister and i usually home earlier than he is and my brother was away um if i hear his key turn in the door i just pack my bags and go to my room and that's not abnormal in my household because we are all extremely self-entertaining and independent when we are even in the same space so we can go to three days and i won't set my eyes on him and we'll be living in the same house because i was trying so hard to avoid shouting and to avoid having an argument with him and later now when i look back on that period i realized that i did not have any conflict resolution resolution skills i still don't have a lot of that and it's one of the things about like my character and person that i'm trying to build because i don't think it's something that we kind of like acknowledge how to resolve conflict in a manner that both parties are heard and in a manner that is progressive so i basically kind of started avoiding him and i avoided him till and i think i avoided him for another two or three years and he'll just get back and be like all right where are you i've not seen you since like sunday are you fine and i'll come out and i'll be like yes i'm fine so i started giving him need to know information nothing extra and i prayed a lot about it because it wasn't something that made me happy but it was a state that i think we had arrived at that gave me sanity which meant that i wasn't constantly shouting but the first time i kind of the first thing that kind of blew it open for me is i was watching this episode of this is us and i know that that's most that's very ridiculous but this is us is like top tier on my list of tv shows like i've cried so many times watching it like i said i cry a lot um but there's this particular episode whereby um Tess and Randall. Tess is Randall's daughter. She's having like um panic attacks and she's getting very overwhelmed by all the work that she has to do. And Randall, her father, typically suffers from those kind of moments and breakdowns and mental breakdowns and things like that. And he's basically trying to help her through it. And she then snaps at him because she doesn't particularly want his help and it, it just becomes this whole thing. Then her mom Beth comes in and her mom Beth opens a can of a fizzy drink and pours it in the cu- in the in the cup and then she makes allusions to the fact that Randall's biological father suffered from the same thing and that 
the two of them, Tess and Randall, are alike in that way. And it is not a bad thing. It's just something that they need to learn to cope with. So she pours the Coke inside the, the fizzy drink, rather, inside the glass. And then she watches it um, kind of calm down. And it made me start thinking that, um, start looking at my dad differently. And something became very clear. My dad and I are very alike <laughs> in how we process life, in how we process things, in how we approach situations. So... It became clear in our interaction that when he saw me, he saw clearly what his weaknesses are. He saw clearly what his strengths are. And when I think back on so many of the things that led to arguments, it was him trying to ensure that my weaknesses didn't lead to my downfall, if that made any sense. It's like you're looking at yourself and you're trying to correct all the mistakes that you think you have made as a result of who you are on the person that you're looking at. And that episode was, it was so weird. It was Almost like me thinking, okay, what were really the bane of what was really the bane of the arguments that we're having, and how do we move forward from it? It's like, um, how we are both, um, how we make fun of things that are really serious. I make fun of things that are really serious all the time, or maybe it's just the Nigerian in us, or how I philosophize and psychoanalyze every freaking situation. He does the same thing. How, um, anytime I'm sad, he reads my moods the most. If I pick up the phone today and I call him, he can tell from hearing my voice that I'm sad because that's the same way he processes sadness. How um, the very first time I became very, very sad in university was the first person to realize I was sad by just like a simple call and he showed up every every week for the whole semester to just ensure that I was fine and then make sure that I was eating because he understood that I probably won't be eating in the state that I was in. So he bought me like really tiny cans of pringles and a capricorn and you call me every day to ensure that i'd eaten the food and started and i began to see that we're same uh, we are really similar and we i just needed to learn the tools to navigate to sit that like navigate our relationship better and that really gives me perspective right now into how i speak with him into how i approach things and i think that there's mutual respect for who we are now as individuals i feel like as you get older your your, your relationship with your parents kind of levels out to a point whereby they start to see you as an adult and they start to see you as your own person and your own person with your own mistakes to make with your own parts to kind of like forge ahead and things like that so um with my dad that's where we are now he asks for my opinion on like things that he's doing with his business asks for my opinion on things i ask for his opinion on things and decisions that i want to make um i help him out when he has a problem he and he apologizes which is really interesting for me which isn't something that he used to do and he used to bother me a lot but now he does apologize like if he's if he's done something that isn't nice or i've communicated to him that i don't like he apologizes and if he does the same i apologize and i think looking at a person and seeing the person for who they are and seeing yourself for who you are really gives you like the right tools in order to navigate the relationship so yeah my father and i finally made it to friendship and it's one of like those relationships and those journeys that i'm really like really super grateful for grateful for how we developed grateful for where we are and grateful like the fact that i can look at my father and call him my friend and talk to him about like virtually anything that i that i have that is bothering me and it's on my mind yeah and lastly my mom i feel like um my whole family are like my best friends and they kind of like serve individual purpose 
in like the self like the self certain things like when i really want to like philosophize and go deeply into like and go down into a rabbit hole like oh my dad or my brother they're really willing to like have this kind of conversations and i want to have a good laugh or rant about something random i call my sister when i want to rant so i call my mom so um yeah but my mom and i weren't always like that so like i said my mom had three children under five it still blows my mind why she did that or how that was our reality so when i was much younger my mom beats me a lot and it was for like very minute and really minute things but now as i think more about like parenting and as i approach the concept of the fact that i'm going to be a parent one day in my head i can see how so much of your transferred aggression and frustration in your own life can get transferred onto your child most especially um it was because like my brother taught himself to read i couldn't like i do not that i look back on it i won't say that i couldn't read i just needed to put my fingers to the lines kind of like go through the lines and read read and so my mom would beat me because technically what they had learned was that you shouldn't read with your fingers you had to use your eyes to follow it but for some reason my eyes were not following and nobody thought to take me for an eye test and stuff like that so fast forward to when i was about 11 i went away to boarding school and started having headaches and they were giving me painkillers all the time but i got to a point where like they could no longer prescribe painkillers so they suggested i go and take an eye test and i'm sitting in the eye, eye doctor's office and the eye doctor goes oh yeah you kind of have astigmatism that that's probably why you need to put your hand to read because eventually with the reading my dad stopped my mom from teaching me to read and employed a teacher to come and teach me to read and teacher just let me use my fingers so for most of like most of my life till i got my pair of glasses I used my I was using my fingers to kind of like follow through the lines and read read by myself. So we get to the eye doctor's place at the end. He goes, "Oh, you have astigmatism. That the lines are going to run into each other regularly, and you've probably been using your fingers for a long time to read, and, and you're having headaches because you have to copy long notes from the board into your own notebooks and just." explain like the whole scenario and i cannot forget that day because my mom looks at the doctor and she goes is this something that she probably has dealt with all her life and doctor goes yes it is yeah probably something that has presented for a very long time that nobody just caught because i was able to manage it and yeah so we were sitting in the reception and my mom just holds my hand and she's like she's sorry and i just nod in acknowledgement and for me it was um I was 11, so I didn't think on it too much. Then I was like, why is mom being like being weird? But now that as I grew older, it was a moment for me that I really appreciated. It was a moment of acknowledgement that, oh, I hurt you in a manner in which when I thought that I was trying to do what was best for you and I really wasn't. And sometimes we had a whole long conversation about it where we kind of like teased it out and talked about it and shared exactly how we felt that about like that season and period and the fact that all of us can actually remember exactly what it was that was happening at that time. After that, my mom and I became inseparable the way I kind of like to believe I am with the rest of my family. I talk to her about everything. Um we argue about stuff <laughs> from now and again we have conflicting opinions about how I should wear my hair, what kind of outfit suits me. Cause I do my own thing really. Um and sometimes my own thing does not align with how people envisage that I should be presented. Okay, I'll give a typical example. Um I stopped wearing Weavon now about six, seven years ago. I also woke up and like, Weavons are not for me. Anybody that wants to wear them, they can wear them and that will make them happy. And I wear my hair out for most of the time. And this was at the time whereby 
natural hair was just getting back. So my mom and I argued a lot. Black or a lotion ring? I'm like, or I go and make your hair. And I'm like, no, I'm making my hair. Those things make me uncomfortable and I'm wasting my money on it. And a few months ago, a few, I think about a year ago, she goes, mm, your hair has finally grown on me. Like you, you wear it well. And I'm like, yes, thank you for acknowledging that I wear it well. And it's just all of this kind of back and forth and acceptance of who we are as individuals. I feel like um, my parents have provided a space whereby we get to come back and communicate things that happened that we necessarily, as we have grown up and as we've tried to process, have been things that um, have either made us feel sad and we are able to talk about it together as a family and we are able to get to apologies if apologies need to be made, made rather. If, if we need to apologize, we apologize. If we need to discuss that every person needs to explain exactly what their state of mind was at that particular period, we have those explanations. They've created a space, they always created a space where I could ask all of my many questions and I have many of them. Created a space for me where I could really thrive and be myself because I was never required, I know how I should wear my hair and dress, but I was never required to deliver myself in a way that I wasn't. I'll give another example. I'm not really warm with people and if like there's a birthday party or there's somewhere where we have to go to as a family if i wasn't feeling up to it nobody will make me do it they allowed me to be me and they always told me that anything i wanted to do i i am capable of doing it and i have shown like support like i want there's one time i woke up and i was like mm, i think i want to become a tailor i was learning how to sew clothes and they would buy me a sewing machine like when i got really super into photography my dad bought me a camera like anything that i come up with as an idea or as something that i think i want to pursue or be or make a part of my life they kind of have supported it and backed it and for that i'm always always grateful i am grateful for how my family is because as i interact with people i realize that many people don't have that um yeah and it's one of those kind of units that i am always thankful for like i'm always like every time i wake up in the morning i'm like yeah i've known and felt love all of my life i've never not felt loved and yes i'm very very grateful for that thank you again so much for being on this journey with me for listening to this particular episode of the overthinkers podcast as always i love you loads be gentle with yourself i know that you matter bye bye